1: Welcome to the ACON Group Q1 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, press star 0. I would now like to hand the call over to your host, Adam Bogarty. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Felita. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for participating in our first quarter 2021 results conference call. This is Adam Borgatti speaking. I'm presenting to you this morning our Jean-Louis LeVronx, President and CEO, and David Smails, Executive Vice President and CFO. Our earnings announcement was released yesterday evening, and we have posted a slide presentation on the investing section of our website, which we will refer to during this call. Following our comments, we'll be glad to take questions from analysts, we ask that analysts keep to one question and a follow-up before getting back into the queue to ensure others have a chance to contribute. As noted on slide two of the presentation, listeners are reminded that the information we're sharing with you today includes forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant risks and uncertainties. the ACON believes these expectations reflected in these statements are reasonable, we can give no assurance that the expectations will prove to be correct. I'll now turn the call over to Dave.
3: Thanks, Adam, and good morning, everyone. I'll briefly summarize ACON's consolidated results, review results by segment, and then address ACON's financial position before turning the call over to Jean-Louis. Turning to slide three, revenue for the first quarter of $754 million was 7 million or 1% higher compared to last year. Just at EBITDA for the first quarter of $21 million a margin of 2.8% improved by $2 or 8%, compared to adjusted EBITDA of $19 million, a margin of 2.6% in Q1 last year. Diluted loss per share of $0.31 in the quarter, compared to a diluted loss per share of $0.19 in the same period last year, largely due to interest related to the Bermuda Airport concession that is now being expensed rather than capitalized. Reported backlog of five point nine billion dollars compared to backlog of seven billion a year ago. Now turning to results by segment, as noted on slide four, construction revenue of seven hundred and forty-four million in the first quarter was nine million or one percent higher than the same period last year, due to a higher volume of nuclear refurbishment work in Ontario and an increased volume of gas distribution and telecommunication work. In the utilities sector, partially offsetting these increases with lower revenue for road building and mainline pipeline work. Adjusted EBITDA from construction of 22 million, a margin of 3%, increased by $5 million compared to 17 million, a margin of 2.2% in Q1 last year, primarily from higher volume and gross profit margin in utilities and higher volume in nuclear. These increases were partially offset by lower volume and gross profit margin in industrial operations. New contract awards of $200 million in the first quarter were $696 million lower than last year, largely due to an award of $465 million in the first quarter of 2020 for the Petulo Bridge Replacement Project in BC. Turning to slide five, concessions revenue for the first quarter was $11 million, a decrease of $16 million compared to the same period last year, primarily due to much reduced activity at the Bermuda International Airport. adjusted EBITDA in the concession segment at $10 million was $4 million lower than last year due to the COVID-19 impact on airport operations in Bermuda. Turning to slide six. ACON's financial position, liquidity, and free cash flow remain strong. At March 31st, ACON had $31.5 million of cash on hand, excluding cash in joint operations and restricted cash, and a committed revolving credit facility of $600 million, which was undrawn other than $7 million utilized for letters of credit. In the first quarter of this year, the performance security guarantee facility provided by EDC to support letters of credit Was increased from $700 million to $900 million, bringing ACON's committed credit facilities for working capital and letters of credit to $1.5 billion. ACON has no debt or working capital credit facility maturities until the second half of 2023, except equipment loans and leases in the normal course. At this point, I'll turn the call over to Jean-Louis.
4: Thank you, Dave. Turning to slide 7, despite the impact of COVID-19 on ACON's first quarter results, we continue to deliver solid results. We remain confident that ACON's balanced and diversified portfolio, strong financial position and agile culture will enable us to successfully respond to the unknown impacts of COVID-19 going forward. The construction segment is aligned to the significant infrastructure investment commitments by all levels of government across Canada, as well as by the private sector, providing essential services across the market sectors in which we participate. The concession segment is pursuing a number of large-scale infrastructure projects and targeting innovative development, and private finance opportunities in industrial power, clean tech, and other related markets, as well as participating as a concessionaire on the five P3 projects identified on the slide. Turning now to slide eight, backlog recurring revenue programs and the pipeline of bidding opportunities for new work remain at strong levels across Canada despite the challenges of a pandemic environment. Backlog at the end of the first quarter was $5.9 billion, which does not include the Eglinton Crosstown West Extension Advanced Tunnel project in Toronto, where an ACON consortium has been named as First Negotiations Proponent and which is expected to be awarded in the second quarter of 2021. We expect demand for our services to remain healthy for the foreseeable future as the federal government and provincial governments across Canada have identified investment in infrastructure as a key source of stimulus as part of economic recovery plans. ACON is pre-qualified on a number of large project bids due to be awarded during 2021 and 2022 and have a robust pipeline of opportunities to further add to backlog over time. Trailing 12-month recurring revenue was up 5% versus the prior period, primarily from growth in utilities operations. Recurring revenue is expected to continue to grow based on the capital investment plans of a number of key clients, particularly the telecommunications and power sectors as well as from the recovery of aviation traffic at the Bermuda International Airport. Turning now to slide nine, earlier this week, ACON released its second annual sustainability report, Building Better Together, outlining our progress and key accomplishments in responsible ELG practices. The report includes a comprehensive greenhouse gas inventory of direct emissions, From all our operations in 2020, a best in class practice and a significant step in the evolution of ACON's sustainability program. ACON has proudly announced that it has set a target to reach net zero emissions by 2050, with an initial interim target to achieve a 30% reduction in direct CO2 emissions by 2030, as compared. To 2020. This positions ACON as an industry leader and underscores our commitment to harness innovation, reduce waste, boost efficiency and consistently improve business performance. The sustainability report is available on our website and we welcome you all to view it and see why we are so ACON proud. Turning to slide 10, ACON's overall outlook for 2021 remains positive despite the ongoing background of COVID-19. The pandemic is expected to continue to have some impact in moderating overall revenue and profitability growth expectation in 2021, either due to client decisions related to scheduled operating policies or due to broader government directives to modify work practices to meet relevant health and safety standards. In particular, in the concession segment, commercial operations at the Bermuda International Airport continue to be challenged by COVID-19 related travel restrictions, which have significantly impacted the aviation industry. Global air traffic is not expected to improve meaningfully until significant portions of the global population have been vaccinated and existing travel restrictions are lifted. The bright spot for Bermuda is that the US is by far the largest source market for passenger volume, followed by the UK, both countries that are leaders in vaccine rollouts. So we are optimistic. The second half of 2021 will see meaningful improvement. As I stated earlier, the overall outlook for 2021 remains positive as construction continues on a number of projects that ramped up in 2019 and 2020, the level of backlog and new awards during 2020, and the strong demand environment for ACON services, including recurring revenue programs. Thank you. Stay safe get vaccinated, and follow the advice of public health authorities. We will now turn the call over to analysts for
1: questions. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Press star 1 to ask a question. And there is a question from the line of Yuri Link with Hannah Accord.
5: Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Eric. Um, just wanted to, to dig in a little bit on the new awards. I, I, I get the the tough year on year comp, uh, but you know, two hundred million in new awards, I think that's that's the lowest level I've seen in looking back about eight, eight years or so. So um Louis, any anything to call out in terms of, you know, what happened on maybe on, on the smaller awards, sometimes you know, you're, you're quite successful in, in booking a number of small jobs, and more importantly, um, you know, does, is, is this a is this a low for for the backlog for, for this year? Do you see it increasing by by the end of the year? Uh, any color would be appreciated, thank
4: you. Okay, uh, Yuri, uh, as we have already already and always said, I mean, uh, to look at uh, backlog evolution only on a three month period, I mean, is not always relevant I mean we as you can see we have 5.9 billion of backlog plus plus the 0.5 of recurrent backlog we will have some quasi backlog at the moment I mean during the weeks to come it means for me that uh, it's not a real issue so far I've always say that between six and seven including recurring revenue I mean we are comfortable if you go to slide eight I mean and and you have a look at the central fixed about what is going to be burned in the next 12 months, you just realize that at the end of Q1 2019, the figure was 2.3 billion. At the end of Q1 2020, 2.5 billion, increasing. At the end of Q1 2021, 2.7 billion, increasing. It, it just means that you can anticipate revenue growth. I mean, in uh, in the in the year to come. Uh, for the long term, which is uh, beyond 24 months. I mean, there's plenty of time. And I just remind you, Yuri, that this was the plan. The plan was about discipline on major projects and balancing our activities, especially growing utilities uh, within our backlog. We said it constantly during the last 20 months, and we did it. Uh, We are focused on delivering our ongoing uh, important projects. But of course, we have an eye on the very important pipeline. I mean, you see uh, in the following slides, 40 billion expected. Uh, We are answering to pre-qualification files from uh, owners, I mean, every month. And in one year, only on one project, we have not been pre-qualified. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming success for being pre-qualified. I mean, you, know, you know about it. I mean, Ontario Line, Civil, Ontario Line, RACC1, which is a rolling stock and signaling, rer 3 which is a huge job, VIREL uh, maintenance facility, both in Toronto and Montreal, uh, REM airport station, ANASIS tunnel. Uh, probably uh, had a look at uh, the budget in BC for the first time. It's written again, George Massey, uh, Bridge, which is or Tunnel, which is a very important job. I remind you that we were the preferred bidder, I mean, a few years ago on this one. Uh, Laurentia Port, Quebec LRT, uh, the prolongation of REM, where obviously we're going to be pre qualified. We are executing at the moment the uh, first uh, phase of, of REM. It, it just means that it's not a real issue, we have an eye on it, quality is extremely important, and we are extremely focused on it.
5: Okay, that's, that's great, color. Um, I'll hop back in the queue. Thanks, guys. Your next
1: question comes from the line of Frederick Jasteen with Raymond James.
6: Right, good morning guys I'd like to um, I'd like to get a bit more color on sort of the successes you've had on the utility side uh, you do you do flag sort of the t- telecommunication sector and also power related work as sort of very encouraging so would you mind just uh, expanding a bit further on that?
4: yeah um, we are extremely happy with our utility sector you, you Probably realize about it. I mean, as, as I've just said to Yuri, this was a plan, and uh, and we did it. Uh, telecommunication is is going extremely well. I mean, Telus and Bell have a lot of new uh, uh, capex uh, program in place. You've probably heard also about CIB about all uh, all around broadband, but uh, Enbridge uh, in gas uh, distribution also is extremely active uh, district eating uh, within uh, downtown uh, geothermals I mean everything is moving in the right direction in terms of electricity I mean we we have noticed the, the the trend just emerging in terms of transmission and distribution this is why we did this acquisition of voltage we are very happy about this activity uh, in addition uh, the contractualization of this kind of, of, of revenue uh, is different is it, very much interesting it gives a lot uh to loyalty with our customers to our professionalism and uh, this explain i mean uh, why utilities is, is one of our top performers today thank you and i, I read that um
6: that represents about 25 percent of your top line as you continue to gain uh, a fair amount of success, there, is there potential for that, that part of the business to increase further from
4: 25%? I would say yes and no. Uh, yes, because we like this business, and it, uh, it's uh, quite a good complement to our uh, uh, roads and bridges work, to our uh, heavy civil uh, urban transportation and, and, and nuclear. Uh, on another hand, we you remember that I'm always focused on having a balanced activity and uh, each time I close a price, I mean, before bidding, uh, I'm careful about it. Uh, I think our balanced activity is, is one of the main reasons of our strengths and our resilience. So we will have a look at it, but every opportunity that we can take uh, with profit generation in utility, we're going to make it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from the live line of Bennett Poirier with this Jordan's Capital.
5: Yeah. Good morning,
1: everyone. Um, jean
5: we or, yes, yeah. Jean-Louis or David, I was wondering if you could provide more color about the expectation for Qs in the coming quarter. Um, My understanding, this was not material in Q1. And in terms of capital deployment, um, maybe how do you see uh, buyback versus M&A at the current point in time and also the maximum financial leverage you would be willing to to consider under uh, M&A?
3: Okay, so I'll try and remember the different elements to that. I'll, I'll start with shoes, and if, if you have to remind me, Benoit, then uh, come back to me. Um, I think going forward, you know, we expect shoes to be even lower uh, than it was in Q1, um, in Q2, uh, and Q3. The program was initially meant to end on June 5th, um, and the federal government uh, on Monday announced that they were going to extend it to September 25th Um, but for that extension period or at least from July to the end of September the subsidy rates start to reduce um, uh, fairly significantly over that period of time so that will reduce any subsidy just because the rates are lower but we're also comparing uh, revenue to uh, periods last year that were obviously heavily impacted by COVID. So, you know, the first the first uh, hurdle is is are you eligible on a revenue decline basis? And given the periods we're comparing to, we're not expecting um, much, if if any, of our business to be eligible. And and even to the extent we are, the rates are going to be quite low. So, uh, sues we expect to be uh, pretty much a non-factor in in 2021 on the on the capital uh, allocation side um, obviously we remain um, uh open to tuck in type acquisitions we think there's still opportunity um you know going back to the previous question around utilities you know we've done a number in that space uh and we think there's still opportunity there but, but also in other areas as well so That that remains something that we're focused on. Obviously, we increased our dividend uh, last quarter um, for the full year. Um, And as far as share buybacks, that's something that we'll continue to monitor, but but nothing uh, uh, in place at this point in time. And then I
5: I think you, you had a question on leverage as well, Benoit oh j- just in, in term of mna uh assuming something more uh larger could could come at one point in time uh just wondering how do you see the uh the, the financial leverage uh the, mm-hmm. the optimal level you would be willing to to go at uh david yeah
3: yeah so i mean obviously we we're in a nice position today where leverage is is very low um you know in and around one times uh even uh uh we're very comfortable uh anywhere up to two times uh, obviously the the focus for us is having the performance security capacity whether that's bonding whether that's lc facilities uh to support growth uh and to support the uh pre-qualification process for for what we expect to be a huge pipeline of opportunities continuing to come at us over the next couple of years uh, so preserving that balance sheet strength is is important. In terms of a, a larger acquisition, um, you know, we think up to three times is, is certainly manageable um, without impacting any of that uh, capacity in terms of performance security and growth. Um, and, and much further than three times, we would uh, uh, start to see that being something that you know, wasn't sustainable for any uh, lengthy period of time.
5: That's a great caller. Thank you very much for that time. Thanks,
3: Peter. Your next question comes from the
1: line of Jacob Volk with CIBC.
5: Good morning. morning, Jacob. Good morning, Jacob. I'm uh, hoping you can provide an update on how much work uh, has been pushed out due to COVID over the past 12 months. Um, I, I think you said at uh, 2020 end, you said it was around $390 million. And then, how is this reflected uh, in backlog, and, and as we think about kind of year-on-year talks for backlog? Yeah,
4: I mean, the, it's exactly what you say, Jacob. I mean, we we consider that something like 400 million have just been pushed to the right, and uh, it's a sort of uh, uh, timing uh, issue. And and we can see it today. What is important to note is that no project uh, future prospect has been deleted. Uh, after this COVID uh, pandemic, so uh, it's not it's not a worry for us. We had noticed this uh, around Q3 last year, and it's exactly I mean what was um, what was expected.
5: Okay, maybe just a, a follow up. Um, you've committed now to a 30% reduction in, in direct CO2 2030 net zero by 2050. Can you talk about ESG as a criteria in the procurement process? Um, is there any, any talk of this happening right now, and uh, does it differ between private sector and, and government?
4: It's a very interesting question. I mean, for the last 10 years, I'm coming from Europe. You probably remember in September 2018, I arrived in Canada. I mean, uh, Europe is, is it's more advanced than North America on these topics. Um, But for the first time within the last 10 years, I'm just convinced that the wave is coming. It means that more and more of our discussions uh, are about EFG. Uh, With our clients, you, you imagine that they also are on their way to disclose their commitment for 2030 medium term and 2050, and uh, by contracting with ACON, who have committed to uh, ambitious um, achievements with this, I mean, it just helps them. You probably remember that you have three groups when you speak about greenhouse gas emission. Uh, the first one is a direct, and the two other ones are rather indirect, but when an owner contracts with ACON, and ACON makes a lot of effort, to reduce its uh, GLG emission. I mean, it's good. It's just good for for him. So we are trying to have as much as we can criteria for being awarded, which are linked with our efforts, I mean, uh, related with ESG. And it's coming. I just can see that it's coming. Thank you. Um, maybe I can add a, a, something else. I mean, all these efforts of good, its I mean, of course, it's good for the Earth. It's good for the planet. But it's good for ACON. I mean, at the end of the day, we just realize that it's just about working better. It's just about eliminating waste. It's just about consuming less to have the same reason. So it's just about being more more efficient and this is why we we are embarking I mean with a lot of enthusiasm uh, in this movement
1: your next question comes line of Michael Tufo with TD securities
7: uh, thank you good morning good morning, morning Michael um, my first question is uh, just when I look at the construction segments beyond the productivity challenges that have been uh, an issue to one extent or another throughout the, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, based on what you know today, can you provide some commentary on the extent to which you expect any uh, COVID-19 related restrictions, be they government-directed or, or client-directed, to, to affect the business Um in Q2 and, and, in, and beyond, if you have any visibility. And so, specifically, I'm thinking about the fact that there were some restrictions in BC in, in the first quarter. Not sure what the status is as far as those projects. And then we, we've had some recent announcements in Ontario. I know that relates to non-essential work, but just looking for any um,
4: any commentary on all of that, please. Mm. Uh, to make it simple, I mean, basically, we are still essential services in all provinces. It means that we can go on working there may be some restrictions but we are essential service we have to work. Second point we are just getting better and better with this uh, COVID-19 in terms of organizing our works in terms of uh, protecting uh, our employees I mean in terms of screening in terms of uh, rapid testing each time we have an alert on a on a job, we we're, are we're just—I mean—becoming uh, very good. There is a need for vaccination. I mean, uh, obviously, so that COVID can get out from the landscape as uh, as, as soon uh, as possible. So there will be in in the future some consequences um, about some other restriction. I, I just say we can now cope much better, much better about it. Okay, no,
7: that's helpful. Thank you. Uh, second question uh, relates to the nuclear uh, nuclear operations. Um, nuclear activity in the construction segment appears to have picked up uh, in the first quarter after having been slower in 2020. Um, and I'm just wondering if is the nuclear work you're carrying out, is that still ramping up further from here or was the level of activity you were running at in the first quarter? is that representative of what we should expect over uh, over coming quarters?
4: Okay, basically uh, we have more activity now because we are working on two units, two reactors. I remember that during the last two years we were working only on one unit in Darlington. The work has been achieved, the reactor has been connected back to the grid, a great success. Uh, Now we are working on the second reactor plus the turbine generator. Uh, in Darlington and we are working on the first reactor of Bruce and the first steam generator replacement. This explains why we have more uh, activity. I remind you that we have a contract for four reactors at Darlington and uh, at Bruce we have a contract for one with an option for uh, the five remaining. We are working on this, on the the remaining one with with Bruce Power and and discussing it about the condition of execution, so uh, this will give you a trend for the, I would say, for the year, for the year to come. Regarding the much uh, longer term, I mean, uh, I would say we have three uh, three areas uh, of great interest. I mean, so the first one is about waste treatment. All, all those major component replacement on these two nuclear power plants just produce. A lot of waste. Waste has to be treated and treated efficiently, and we are working on this. Uh, Second part, I would say, uh, small modular reactor. Uh, This is going rather fast. OPG has selected three uh, technical partners. We have an association, and we are partnering with the three of them. And uh, it's a a very, very interesting uh, future opportunity for us. Uh, The last one is about dismantling. You you know that Pickering uh, will be dismantled in in the year to come. We are actively working with OPG, preparing these big jobs. So nuclear, I mean, it's not only a problem of short term, it's about medium term and and, and longer term for us.
7: Okay, no, thanks for that, and and I appreciate the uh, the commentary on the longer term. That's, That's helpful. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Mona Nazar with Laurentine Bank. Good morning.
8: Um, Congratulations on results and thank you for taking my question. Morning, Mona. Morning. So, I understand the last year has been a complete whirlwind for you Mm -hmm. guys. I'm just wondering, from your perspective, and I understand these things change, but currently, what are the greatest levers that could positively impact you? Obviously, the vaccine rollout. But is there anything else that perhaps, you know, we're not putting enough weight on? And then conversely, what are the most significant risk factors? I know, Jean-Louis, you just spoke to the productivity, on the productivity front and getting better and better. But is there anything else we should be cognizant of or something that's top of mind for you? Thank you.
4: So, uh, obviously, you have begun with COVID. COVID is still a risk. I mean, uh, uh, people are still dying from COVID. We, 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 we don't have to forget it. And, and we, 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 we cannot uh, lower our guard on, uh, on COVID. Uh, in terms of improvement, I mean, evidently productivity is extremely important. I mean, we have been speaking a lot about continuous improvement program about how, I mean, I want to put Acon in the position of delivering better than any other infrastructure company in this country. At the end of the day, the result of ACON is just the sum of the results of its project. And, and on each project, execution is the key, key word. We are also working a lot on our design integration capacity. It means uh, being able to streamline the design uh, at the beginning of the project, being able to optimize in terms of quantity and to optimize in terms of uh, constructability. We still think uh, there is a lot of improvement to to obtain uh, from there. Opportunity, I mean, definitely uh, the growth of population in Canada. I mean, uh, uh, the the standard is is about half a million newcomers every month. I've just noticed uh, last week an announcement by uh, the government of Canada about easing and streamlining. Uh, some permanent resident requisite for a certain number of categories. I mean, the movement is there, the trend is there. All these people, I mean, uh, need means of transportation. They need power. They need clean water. They need energy. And uh, and this is good. This is good for for Acon. Risk as you have noticed, I mean, uh, uh, COVID is uh, is a risk and uh, obviously on, on, on each job uh, we can always have some, some competitors that, uh, that decide to have some, uh, I would say, reckless attitude and we have to be careful. We are extremely disciplined. We know what our targets because they are the ones fitting perfectly with our strengths, and this is what we are looking at to, to prevent this risk.
8: Okay, that's great. Thank you. I'll step back in queue.
1: Your next question
5: come from the line of Sabbath Khan with RBC Capital Market. Uh, thanks. Um, just a question on sort of the pipeline of work and the mix of your revenues right now. You know in terms of the projects that you're sort of seeing in the pipeline, I guess, and some of the infrastructure announcements that have come through, is it more, shorter terms or book and burn projects or is it longer term projects that are taking a little bit to come through and secondly is there any sort of implication of that on your mix of fixed cost versus cost plus projects seems like that's run up a little bit into the 60 percent range over the recent quarters just want to get an understanding of the type of projects that are out there in the pipeline
4: okay um first question uh short term mid-term long term i would say it's much more about uh, mid-term and and long-term activities uh, short term is is just uh, being fed, I would say, naturally. Um, those projects, I mean, there's always a time to bid, a, a time uh, for evaluation of our bid and, and financial close. When it's a design-build finance or design-build finance operates and maintain, and, and and then after you just begin with. Uh, uh, some design activity, utility relocation in most of our jobs. So, mid-term and long-term is the uh, is a, is a real uh, answer. Uh, your second question was about uh, the mix of our activities. And, and uh, we are extremely uh, focused on, on balancing as per our sectors, as I've said. But we are also uh, interested in balancing the size of our project, the geography of our project, and the mode of contractualization. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not worried about the mix. It, it's still under what, uh, what we like. I just remind you that uh, it's not as simple as to say uh, a fixed price is, uh, is difficult and unit price is easy. I mean, just go, for for example, for for the normal bread and butter job with the Ministry of Transportation of Ontario. They are all unit-price jobs. You have 14 competitors. You have to be extremely uh, wise and smart about your competitive advantage. Uh, They they are hard projects, and and, and you cannot make any mistake during uh, execution. Uh, Some lump sum. I mean, we are just two at the end of the process to to compete. So uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with what we have at the moment in our backpack.
5: Okay. And then just a quick housekeeping one, just looking at the expenses here, and it looks like the materials line is down about 25% year over year um, from Q1 of last year to Q1 of this year. Uh, just want to get an understanding of is that sort of like a one-time thing or is there some sort of cost savings in there as we try to forecast this out for the rest of the year?
3: Yeah, hi the biggest driver of that mix is is really the project profile that, um, that is being worked on in any particular quarter. Uh, some projects in some periods have a higher content of uh, subcontractors uh, versus uh, our labour. Um, some projects, if they're ramping up, will have a higher materials component in the uh, in the earlier phases. It's really just uh, a timing thing, quarter to quarter, and it's very difficult to get any read-through as to what that means in subsequent quarters. And, and is isn't really a driver of our overall profitability or uh, uh, impacts on our cost base. It's just you know one cost replacing another type of cost in any particular quarter based on the activities that are underway.
5: So, um, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. Okay oh, so I guess for the full year it should just be normal course and shouldn't swear the expensive line in either direction then? Well in any given
3: year again it, it, it can skew more to one cost category than another depending again on the type of work. Um, but that doesn't really play into a margin profile or anything like that because these are all costs that are part of a, uh, a job and whether a job has a higher material component or higher subcontract component, it's all part of the overall price of the job, and so um, it, it doesn't really impact anything from a an overall margin perspective. Uh, but having said that, um, you know, generally over the course of the year, yes, it kind of evens out um, all else being equal in terms of the the kind of portfolio of projects we have underway.
8: great thanks so much for the call.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Devin Dodge with BMO Capital Markets. Uh thanks. Um but I wanted to ask
8: about your uh facility uh with Export Development Canada. Um, you know, can you provide some color on on what projects uh you know that can be used for and maybe the reasons behind you know increasing it? I think, I think the last time we saw ACON increase that uh, that facility was shortly after you were awarded that contract uh, for the Bermuda Airport. Just wondering if there's some additional international work that you're looking at.
3: Yeah. uh, Hi, Devin. Um, The uh, EDC facility primarily um, is used to support uh, larger P3-type projects within Canada or internationally. Um, It can also be used to support projects that have Um, an indirect export element to them. So if it's to support a project within Canada um, that will be uh, used to uh, increase trade with the U.S., for example, Um, you know, Gordie Howe Bridge uh, would be a good example of that, given that it's a P3, it would be included anyway, but even if it wasn't, that would still qualify. Uh, Or a manufacturing facility that was designed to... uh, uh, ship products overseas, so anything with really an export angle or a P3 type project. Having said that, given the uh, COVID uh, issues last year, EDC did extend the applicability of, uh, of the performance security guarantee that they provide so it can be applied to any project uh, at this point in time, but at some point that will revert back to just P3s and export related. So. Not necessarily uh, international. And the reason for the increase is really, you know, we've talked um, already on this call, but um, also in the materials and on previous calls about the strength of the market we expect um, going forward. And uh, we want to build the capacity now um, as opposed to. Uh, Trying to build that capacity once uh, once we're uh, awarded those jobs. So this is really just about continuing to uh, build our capacity for performance security ahead of uh, the growth that we see coming over the uh, over the next few years, based on the strength of government
8: investment programs in infrastructure. Okay, okay, that's helpful. Uh, thanks for that. And maybe just sneak in a, a quick modeling question for you, Dave. Uh, you know, pretty notable. Um, cash tax payment in Q1. Just can you help us understand what drove that and how we should be thinking about cash taxes for the balance of the year?
3: Yeah, that's primarily a one-off in the first quarter. It's really a consequence of the fact that uh, through 2020, uh, obviously we have to make installment payments uh, uh, through the year, and those installment payments in 2020 are based on the mix of profits from 2019 um, where we obviously had a uh, significant contribution from Bermuda, which is tax-exempt. Um, that mix changed in 2020, where Bermuda obviously was uh, significantly impacted by COVID, uh, but we um, had the, the benefit of the SUS program in 2020, which is fully taxable. Um, and so those installment payments that are made during the course of the year, which is set kind of at the start of the year, were not sufficient to uh, take into account that change in mix. And so, in the first quarter of the following year, you have to kind of top up those installment payments uh, to the extent you need to, and that's what happened in the first quarter. Uh, Going forward, we're just back to the regular uh, installment payments
8: that we have to make. Okay. Thank you. I'll turn it over.
1: next question come from the line of Ian Gills with Stifle.
6: Okay, Good morning. Good morning. One of the interesting disclosures is that you're not pursuing a project in, since I see how Road works. I'm just curious. Uh, Is there anything about that particular market that made you choose that one, or what what perhaps is um, pulling you into that
4: market in the U.S. to take a look at? Uh, I I mean, the the first part of your question, uh, I I could not understand. There was a problem uh, in my audio. Can you do it again, please? Yeah, I was just
6: curious as to whether what may be pulling ACON into bidding on a project. in and around the Northwest U.S., specifically Seattle, and if there is anything, I guess,
4: pulling you there. Okay, uh, got it. United States is ready to embark in a very ambitious uh, program about infrastructure. So we we cannot not have a look at it. Uh, The main parameters for us to go there would, would be two. The first one is that it has to be within the core competency of ACON. I mean, I'm not going to change country and change competency. It's, it has to be on the on scope of work that we perfectly master in, uh, in Canada. And the second parameter is about partnering uh, either with peers of the same category than us or with local uh, companies uh, to be sure uh, that we can make it, and we can make it profitably. This is the way we are going to uh, look at uh, at the market of um, infrastructure renewal in, uh, in the United States.
6: And then yeah, switching gears maybe a little bit here, I mean, I think everyone's well aware of all the infrastructure spending. When do you think some of the that spending will translate into – New project announcements that that may not yet be known by the market, or and those sorts of things.
4: Are Uh, you speaking about the United States or Canada? Canada specifically. I think uh, we have a fair knowledge of what is coming. It means that you you probably remember when COVID emerged. Uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, show well ready projects and uh, in infrastructure this doesn't work like this. It means that you, you cannot on Friday decide that you're going to begin to build an infrastructure job on Monday. Uh, this doesn't work, you have a lot of preparation, you have a lot of environmental assessment, right of ways, permits, uh, utility relocation and so we, we have quite a good visibility uh, on the specific project and we also have visibility on the global envelope from the provincial government from the cib from the federal government so i would not expect surprises i mean we just have to focus on the right project in front of our strengths, find the right partners the right designers the, the right teams and make it happen Okay. Thank
6: you very much.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Chris Murray with ADP, excuse me, ATB Capital Markets.
5: Thank you. Good morning, um, Jonathan. You you've talked a little bit about um, vaccinations and um, your workforce, I'm just I guess a couple parts to this question. You know, one. Do you have um, the ability to to kind of track which of your employees at the local level are actually been vaccinated? Um, and I guess the other thing, you know, what's your expectation um, as we as we go later into the year? Do you, do you foresee there'll be certain jobs where there'll be restrictions that everyone on the site might have to be vaccinated in order to be able to do the work?
4: Okay. I mean, uh, just to smile at the beginning, I've been vaccinated because of my age. I'm between 59 and 60, uh, within the last days, and I'm very happy about it. Now, uh, no, we don't know, and we cannot force uh, our guys to be vaccinated, evidently. What we can is just, uh, it's not only about education, but it's about communication. It's about promoting and just explaining it through our internal channels uh, the benefits of being uh, of being vaccinated. And, and then, I mean, uh, obviously, for our activities, I mean, uh, the quicker, the better.
5: All right. But, and then I guess the other part of the question is, um, I know certainly the, the health regulations keep changing, but, you know, you start thinking about things where, where folks will be working maybe in remote areas and have to be working out of camps and things like that. Um, do you foresee any anything that might mandate that anyone working on those sites would have to be vaccinated?
4: Uh, so far, no. But for example, on Site C, uh, the authorities of, uh, of BC just provided with uh, quite a number of vaccines and, uh, and have begun some vaccination uh, campaigns. Site C is a campsite. Uh, is a camp site, uh, so this is a this is a trend at the moment, and 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 we shall see. I think within the next week, uh, what is the evolution and how Acon can participate as proactively as it can depending on on laws and regulation to this movement.
5: All right. All right, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, your final question comes from the line of Najee Baidun with Industry Alliance.
5: Hi, good morning. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of ESG-related priorities. Um, First off, can you talk about any Long-term opportunities you see from additional uh, construction work on, uh, you know, new decarbonization initiatives. Um, just wondering how you're thinking about uh, your approach and positioning to capitalize on, uh, on new opportunities, uh, infrastructure-related, uh, you know, uh, on new low or zero-emission uh, uh, projects in Canada.
4: The evidence is uh, There is a trend and uh, and. I would say, sort of, supplementary pipeline that we just begin to see emerging about all those jobs, um, especially in energy. I mean, uh, battery storage, for example, uh, but but also, I mean, geothermal is uh, is uh, is rising. District heating is uh, is rising. That is the difference of uh, temperature between some phreatic level of water or lake le- lake water and the the atmosphere. Uh, there's quite a number of uh, very interesting and technical projects. What is also interesting is that uh, there's a big chunk of them that go through private initiative within the public areas, and, and we like it. There may be some uh, concession schemes, uh, there may be um, public-private uh, partnership, and, uh, and it's, it's very very important for, for us. We have a team only dedicated. Uh, to track and assess all those new projects coming in.
5: And and do you think uh, that team uh, uh, is sort of where you want it to be or do you think you need to make more investments either in uh, in capabilities or people to be able to to sort of best position yourself uh, to capitalize on those opportunities? Uh, We would have to recruit.
4: In addition to what we have at the moment we have a, a dedicated team at the moment but it, as i was saying i mean uh, 20 minutes ago the wave is coming and i think uh, it's not going to be stopped so we we have to be ready and uh, we are extremely proactive you have seen i mean with uh, uh, our second sustainability report about our disclosure about our commitment so we have to stay at the forefront of the construction industry in canada and and most probably we will add uh, more capacity to be there.
5: Okay, yeah, that's that's good, Cecil. Thank you. And just to follow up to that, uh, to, to your uh, to your last point, uh, the need the second sustainability report very clear. New environmental targets uh, clearly help elevate your ASG profile versus your competitors in the construction sector. Just wondering if you have any thoughts on additional targets that you're thinking about, uh, either on the env- environmental side or maybe on the social uh, or governance side. Uh, I don't know what I can do better than a zero net in
4: 2050, Uh, and 2050 is far. What is sure is that we are totally focused today on 2030 and trying to make the good decision uh, to be able to to go there. Uh, So uh, I think we have set up our targets now, and, and, and from this, I mean, we are relentlessly working to make it happen.
5: Okay, appreciate that. Thank you.
1: There are no other questions at this time.
5: Thank you very much,
2: everyone. As always, if there's any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out, and we wish you uh, a good rest of your day. Stay safe, and uh, we'll speak to you on the next call. Take care.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.